This is the Mississippi Company Grade Officer Podcast with your host, Captain Ian Scribellis. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Mississippi Company Grade Officer Podcast. With us again on the show is the one and only Captain Tim Bailey. Tim, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me back, Ian. So this week's episode, we're going to talk about um, the discussion topic, which was what should a new company slash battery commander accomplish in the first 90 days of his or her command? So the way we're going to break it out for this podcast is prior to taking, uh, prior to taking command, the first 30 days, 60 days, and then uh, what should be accomplished by the 90-day uh, mark. And also throughout this podcast, instead of just going back and forth saying company and battery, Tim and I both are FA officers. We were both battery commanders, so we're going to say battery. Uh, and again, we are referring to uh, the company uh, troop level. So, uh, with that being said, let's uh, let's take it away. Um, Tim, you got any opening remarks? Yeah, and so so again, like you mentioned, uh, me and Ian, we we were both commanders uh, at one point in time, and it's some of the things that helped us along the way to be successful commanders. Um, you, you have to have your own philosophy, and and with that being said. You know, you, you want to have a mentor uh, also, you know, as you, you know, go through this journey as a commander. So so as you create your philosophy, uh, piggyback off of, you know, some things that some previous commanders have done, figure out what you like, what you don't like, and, and that's how you're going to create your own philosophy. Um, also, um, looking at some of the, uh, just looking at some of the notes on, on the comments that people have been posting, um, another thing that you have to know, uh, you have to know your unit. Now, now, now granted, yeah, you're going to know how many people, what type of equipment, uh, but no, no, you, you have to really know your unit. Um, start getting into the weeds. Start getting into those details, uh, those intimate conversations with your readiness NCO, with your supply NCO, and, and really figure out, okay, what are the no-crap issues that, that you all foresee right now uh, on, the, on the battery company level? Uh, so, so that's when you start doing your assessment, and and that's when you're going to start figuring out where you need to apply pressure, or or you know give more focus to it in a, in a certain area. So, so those are some of the things that you know at that 30 day mark uh, that you need to be focusing on, you know, as the incoming commander. Yeah, and and <clears throat> prior to uh, taking command, there's there's definitely a few things. That you're going to want to accomplish. Uh, some of these, you know, unfortunately, you may have to to wait until after you take command. But some people are fortunate and get enough time uh, prior to where they can knock some of these tasks out. Tim and I were not one of those individuals, um, except for the uh, there, there was one task. I think there was one we were able to knock out. But I'm gonna go ahead and list them out. And and these are all uh, you can find these in the Mississippi Army National Guard Regulation 600-100. So prior to taking command, uh, some online training that you need to take care of, uh, HIPAA uh, cert- certificate, you need that, your commander safety course, uh, and composite risk management uh, basic course. You need to have those three online trainings uh, knocked out uh, prior to taking command. Again, if you don't, it's not that big of a deal, but this is definitely within the first 30 days of, of you taking command. You definitely want to have that accomplished. The next thing is your change of command inventories. So this is where the incoming commander will get with outgoing commander and go to uh, the, the battery armory or armories and literally go line by line of all the equipment 
and everything within inside those armories. And so when you're doing this, you want to make sure that you go literally line by line and go put your hand on every piece of equipment. Uh, and, and I mean, you can see it, you're putting your hands on it. It's not that you don't trust the outgoing commander or you don't trust the supply NCO or readiness NCO. It's just like that old saying, it's, it's trust, but verify. Because at the end of the day, you're the one that's putting your name on this, um, on this hand receipt. So after you get the, uh, the changes command, um, uh, inventory is done. Next thing you want to look at is LOD training. Um, and this is, you know, done through the deputy state surgeon's office. Again, that's something you can also do, um, after you, after you take command. But if, if you have the time, definitely want to try to knock it out prior to, and then last thing would be the family readiness, um, commanders training through the state families, uh, program. So those, those are a few things that I would highly suggest. Um, the next thing I would talk about, we, I think we knocked it out in the first 60 days, but is the commander uh, and first sergeant course. And that is a very good course that the state puts on. Um, so if you're fortunate enough, definitely try to knock it out prior to taking command. So those are a few things. Um, Tim, you got anything else to add to that? Um, just looking at some of these re required uh, classes that you need to take, uh, no, don't just think of it as a check the block. Um, <clears throat> when I was coming into command, yeah, I, I knew what LOD training was, but you, you really don't know how beneficial it is until you actually, you know, have to exercise it that that one time. And and it only takes one time to screw it up. It only takes one time for you to not submit the proper LOD paperwork for a soldier who got hurt during training or whatever the case may be. And then that soldier gets screwed out of benefits eventually down the line. Uh, again, everything that we do, uh, we, we, we're doing it to take care of soldiers. And again, you don't want a soldier to legitimately get hurt or something and, and doesn't, get, uh, doesn't get his due diligence you know, after that because you as a commander jerk your feet and then do your job and submit the paperwork in a timely manner. So, so again, just make sure that you know you're taking care of your soldiers. That that's what it comes down to. You are the liaison at your level. You, you're the spokesperson. You're the one who fights for you guys, and, and it starts with with some of this admin training that you have to do. Oh yeah, completely agree. So now let's let's move on. So you've you've already taken command. So what should your first thirty days look like? So I'm going to hit another online training that you're going to want to do. So this is something that the Army is, is now pushing to. Um, some of you may have heard about it. Some probably haven't. But it's the IPSA, which is the Integrated Personnel and Pay System Army. Um, so this, this distant learning module uh, for commanders, you're looking at probably, uh, I think it's a one-hour video um, that you have to do. But this is something that you're going to have to have set up, um, I would say, within, definitely within the first 30 days. Um, I know Tim and I, we just, we just did the, the little, I don't even know what our role is, but it's just the, the user role is what we did. And you know, I think it took about 40 minutes. So commander's got a little bit more. Um, so that's another online training you got to do. And there's going to be a crap ton that you're going to have to do throughout your command time. Just, just get used to it. And, and we understand that you all won't be subject matter experts, you know, in, in the majority of these fields. But 
you, you don't want to come into command blindly and, you know, your readiness NCOs and your, your admin and your supply sergeants are telling you everything. You know, you, you want to have some type of knowledge uh, of these systems, uh, of the process. And, and again, like Ian said earlier, you, you know, you want to trust but verify. So just make sure that you all are doing your part and, and taking something away from it understanding these systems uh, because you, you're eventually going to have to have some sort of knowledge of it. Yeah, and, and I'm going to hit back up on that Commander First Sergeant course. I mean, that, that course really was outstanding. Um, definitely wish I would have had that prior to taking command. That would have been very, very useful, but still, it definitely helped me out um, in the long run. And again, you, you don't, you only get, you know, yeah, you may have multiple commands, but you only get to do, you know, go through it once, once. <laughs> so you definitely don't want to screw this up. Because um, I, I look back and there's some things I wish I'd have done, you know, things that I know now. Um, but Tim hit on it uh, uh, at the beginning of the podcast. You know, you want to spread your command and leadership philosophy. So with this, you know, after after you have taken over the guide on, you are the commander. Uh, I would not do this in a formation type setting. I would either bring your guys into like a horseshoe or maybe even a classroom environment and go ahead and preach to everybody what your command and leadership philosophy is. And one of the things that I would definitely hit on, and I know it was really beaten into us when we were commanders, is empower your E5s because they are leaders. And I think the National Guard and Army in general has not done that great of a job of empowering their E5. So that was one of the things that, that I hit up on. Uh, I know uh, Tim hit up on when he was commander. Uh, and then decentralized command, you know, I talked about that in some other podcasts. Let your leaders be leaders. You got to spread the love. You, you have to spread the love because if you don't, what's going to happen, you're going to have that one, two, or, or three personnel that you go to all the time. And and they're going to get overloaded. You know, you're going to get overloaded. Then eventually, it's just going to be too much to bear. So just make sure, uh, again, make it part of your philosophy. Um, empower all the way down to the lowest level, you know, as much as possible uh, without overloading. And, and that's going to make your job, you know, more effective because now you could take a step back, look at the wider view, and, and then you can assess and then you can apply pressure need be. But as long as you have tunnel vision and, you know, you're working hard and, you know, you got two or three other people that's doing the same thing that you're doing, then, you know, you're not being effective as an organization. Yeah. Uh, and so after you meet, you know, with your entire battery and you have expressed your command leadership philosophy, the next thing that you want to do is you're going to want to pull your first sergeant and your PLs, your, your lieutenants, and, and do their initial counseling. So the way I did it was definitely the first sergeant's, um, first sergeant should go first. That is your right hand man. That is your best friend inside um, your organization. So with these initial counselings, they're pretty much gonna look, look the same except for like the duties and the responsibilities between the first sergeants and whatever role your lieutenants hold. But generally are gonna be about the same. This is where you wanna lay out um, your philosophy. So communication, uh, accountability, your training. You know, we're talk about um, being a professional. One of the things that you know has been laid out in some of my initial counseling and some that I have laid out to my lieutenants is, you know, bad news doesn't get better with time. Let me know ASAP. 
when an incident happens. So it, it's key being commander. You like like that sentence just said. Bad news does not get better with time. Um, and then also you want to lay out the your APFT standards. You know the Army has has its standards. You also want to lay out yours and what you expect of your leadership. You know leadership. When I was a commander, you know if you're a leader inside my organization, I expect high standards. Um, that's just the way it is. Uh, and then also, uh, I would lay out my medical readiness plans and, and, and anything else. No, uh, I think you covered the, the basis. Uh, again, we don't want to beat this. You know, we, we don't want to beat it like a dead horse. Um, you know, you, you, you were chosen for command for a reason. So, so again, as long as you got, as long as you cover your basis, you know, starting out uh, again, you know, talk to your first sergeant. You, you got to have a good rapport with your first sergeant. Because if that relationship is rocky, man, it's about to be a long or short command for you. So um, just don't don't overthink it. You, you're a commander for a reason. You know, you're an officer for a reason. Uh, and as long as you know how to manage, you know, you, you're going to have a successful command. You know, it's not going to be easy. Uh, I can guarantee that because as soon as you think everything is going, going smoothly, that's when those variables are going to come in. You know, there's going to be a death in the family. You know, you got somebody beating their wife or, you know, some type of outside variable that, that you didn't account for. So so there are things that are always going on while you're in command. Um, but as long as you are, you know, preparing yourself, you know, in a way, you know, to to, to handle these situations, you know, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, um, you know, Scott Edwards <laughs> said it best, get to know your chaplain. Uh, you're definitely going to want to know your chaplain and who your JAG is within those first 30 <laughs> days because, you know, Tim has, 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 you know, has said it. You, you're going to have a lot of disciplinary actions. You're going to have people that got all kinds of problems. And, you know, you, you, may, you may or may not know how to handle that situation, but I'm telling you, that chaplain and that JAG, uh, and and you know the S one they're they're going to be your your best friends, so get make sure that you get to know those people if you don't know. Um, so and then the next thing is the OER support form. So you as a commander, you will get um, your your OER support form from the battalion commander, and he'll get it from the brigade commander, so on and so forth. So once you get his uh, how he lays his out, you can take it modify it and then give it to your guys because they're going to need it uh, when it comes time for for their evaluations and it goes the same for the ncoer as well uh and then i would say the last thing within the first 30 days uh make sure that you sub hand receipt um what's on your hand receipt to your uh, platoon leaders and platoon sergeants and then they delegate delegate it down to the crews so usually if you have a really good supply NCO, he's already got this this taken care of. I know for us, uh, we're artillery unit. He already had those section boxes laid out, ready to go, and hand receipts ready for each drill uh, to hand out to the guys. You got anything else uh, before we move on to the 60 days? I think you covered it, in. All right. So now, uh, so within the first 60 days of your command, uh, you definitely are going to want to go through and you want to – you want to read and review um, the prior commands, uh, policies, and the SOP of the battery. Um, so you really, really, really want to do a deep dive into this prior to um, putting out your policies and procedures. 
and and also by this time you, you may or may not have really started to understand the the tremendous admin role that you're going to play as a commander you know i know everybody thinks of a commander as being that hard charger tip of the spear type guy but trust me you're going to be sitting down behind a desk doing a lot of administrative work as well you know you're going to be writing op orders you know you're going to be reading the fragos and, and again let me stop there on the op orders and frago fragos right quick for the most time for m-day guys um, it, it's the readiness NCO. It, it's the full-time guys that, that are normally doing that deep dive into those op orders. Don't let that be you. Again, make sure that you're you're constantly involved in, in those op orders and those fragos because you don't want those guys writing those for you because at the end of the day, it's your name that's going to be at the bottom of it. So, so again, take take pride in those op orders and fragos and filtering through that information, apply what needs be to your unit and then distribute out uh, the way you need to. Um, and he hit on the NCOERs and OERs. Um, that's not going to stop. Start out with good shells and, you know, support forms. It's not going away. Counselings, um, you know, you're going to constantly, I mean, we can name a thousand counselings that you're going to have to do. So get used to those as well. And then again, the disciplinary actions. Now, again, I'm not telling you to come in and shoot shoot a hostage. But don't come in being everybody's friend as well um, because, again, you got a job to do. You have to lay the groundwork for your unit. You know, if you let guys come in to drill an hour, two hours late on a constant basis with no legitimate you know, reason why, with no excuse, then guess what's going to happen in the next drill? You're going to have four people miss or four people late. Then, then it's just going to be a trickle-down effect. So, again, lay, lay the groundwork. Don't you, you're not there to make friends. You're there to take care of your soldiers, and you know you 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 should know what's best for your soldiers. You, know, you got to treat them like kids sometimes. Sometimes kids don't know what's best for them. You know, you as that commander, you as the leader of that unit, you know what's best for that unit. You you know what's best for your unit, and and what's best for the battalion. So so again, I'm not telling you to shoot a hostage, but you're not there to make friends also. Yep. Oh yeah, and. This is something that, going back to 30 days, Tim and I were doing the second we took command. We already had guys, you know, we, we got the guide on, and then here we are already doing administrative paperwork, you know, doing counselings, uh, negative counseling, and reductions. Yeah. I mean, first first day on the job. So, I mean, we, we literally hit the ground running. Um, and your guys are going to test you. They're going to test you right out the gate see what they can get away with. I know, you know I'm not trying to talk any trash, but the guy that I took over for, he was very, very lenient and basically non-existent when it, come to, when it came to punishment. So I had definitely had to go in and, and shoot multiple hostages before things started to get right. Um, so, and that kind of brings me to my, my next thing is, you know, we, we talk about get to know your guys. So within the first 60 days, you definitely want to start bringing personnel into your office, you know, uh, one, two at a time, and just ask them basic questions like, are you married? Um, do you have any kids? You know, what, what, do, you, what do you do currently? You, you want to get to know these soldiers and because you don't want to treat them as a number. You want to treat them as a human being. So that, that was definitely a big thing with me. You know, I definitely wanted to know every single person in my formation, their first name, their last name, and if they were married or not with, by, by the first 60 days. Because um, that, 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 was, that was very important to me uh, as a commander. 
And so the next thing is you definitely want to spend a good amount of time with your your supply NCO and, and your readiness NCO. You want to know the state of, of your battery and, and the equipment within your battery. Um, so that's that's definitely that's definitely a big one. Uh, you got anything else before we move on? Uh, no, Ian. All right, so now let's let's move on to to the ninety days, and so I, I, I mentioned you want to read and review the policy and, and, and SOPs. So now this within the first ninety days, this is where you want to start implementing your policies and procedures. So you, you've read through them. Uh, hopefully, you've gotten somebody from your unit to QA, QC them, like your you know want your full time staff, your readiness and CO, training and CO, supply, what have you. And then you also want to make sure that the Battalion S1 and the JAG also have had a chance to look over these prior to implementation. So these, these are key that you want to go ahead and get those, those established and those published out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Ian. And, and just some other things, you know, what, once you get to that 90-day mark, uh, again, you, you're really starting to get established, you know, inside that unit. Uh, one thing... That, that I see, uh, you know, a lot of you know, young commanders fail at is, is taking ownership. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, let, let's say a tasking come down from battalion, uh, a tasking that you do not agree with 100%, but guess what? You still got to do it. You cannot go back to your formation and say, well, hey, the, the XO wants us to do this. Battalion commander wants us to do this. No. Take ownership and say, hey, X, Y, and Z has to get done no later than COB today, bottom line. And because what's going to happen, if you don't take ownership on this level, you know, when you make field grade, then you're going to start blaming the, the taskings on someone else. And you're never really going to take ownership of those yourself. So, so start at your level and, and again, have that closed-door conversation with, with your first sergeant if it's something that you don't agree on, but don't put it out to your formation that you're disgruntled with the battalion staff or brigade staff right now because at the end of the day, the task still has to get done, and the only thing you did is just stir up your unit just a little bit unnecessarily. So just keep that in mind. And, and, and another thing as a commander, um, I know Ian talked about just trying to get to know your soldiers. Um, but your soldiers know who they can trust. So don't go in there fluffing your soldiers up with a bunch of BS. Soldiers, they, I mean, you, you got smart people in your formation, people smarter than you. And so so don't go in your formation giving the whole horse speeches and not backing it up. Um, because at the end of the day, when, when it's on the line, your soldiers need to have your back. And if they don't, if they're not fighting for you, it's something that you didn't do right in the beginning. So... Be honest, be upfront with your soldiers, be firm, and and then your your work is going to speak for itself. There's nothing you can do extra that can win over your soldiers. Be yourself, be honest, and, and that's what's going to get you through, and, and your soldiers are going to respect you for that. Yep, and <clears throat> you want to definitely give them trust. You know, I mentioned decentralized command, but in order to earn their trust, you got to give them trust. You've got to let them know they're important. What they're doing is important. You have to give them purpose and, and direction and then, and then let them go. And, and trust me, they will surprise you 
because uh, if you sit here and try to micromanage and do everything as a commander, that's You'll the wrong crazy. answer. You, and, 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 yeah, you will go crazy. You can't do it all. Um, you know, the kind of hitting back up on the op boards, we're kind of bouncing around a little bit, but going back to op boards, you know, we, we would do our own, and then we would make our lieutenants do their, their platoon-level op boards. Uh, and then after a while, you know, once they got kind of comfortable with that, I would start letting them write the, the battery ones. And and and, and sh- just starting to build them up a little bit more and, and, and getting them ready uh, for that next level. Um, so you definitely, like I said, in order to to earn their trust, you got to give them trust. I'm looking at a message from Eric Hayes. Um, get to know your maintenance warrant. Hey, <laughs> maintenance will make or break you guys. So so again, get to know that FSC commander, um, your your maintenance team. And, and build a good relationship with those guys as well because, it, it, I mean, you, you could be the, the best company battery there is, but if your OR rate is 30%, you know, what, what good are you, you know, to the formation? So, so again, um, you know, maintenance, that's a very, uh, that's a very good, good point, Eric Hayes. And uh, so definitely get to know your FSC commanders, you know, and the maintenance people inside of that formation as well. Yep. So, you know, I'd mentioned it within the first 30 days about the initial counseling. So now we're in the 90-day window, and we're getting up to that that quarterly counseling. And I I will admit, this is something that I failed as a commander. Uh, We would do quarterly counselings, but it was more of, hey, come in my office and let's talk about what you did, um, you know, what you think you did well on, what you think you 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 know you can improve on, and stuff like that. But where I felt as a commander was I didn't put it down on paper. The you know the the forty eight fifty six the the counseling form, uh, and that's something that you know I kind of beat myself up on. Uh, I mean, is it is it really that big of a deal? Mm, it's debatable, but I think it is. I think it. I think it's a big deal. Um, you know, I, I mean, I was very fortunate, and I had I had some pretty damn good lieutenants. Um, so, I mean, it was always you know good quarterly counseling. But again, something that I failed on was definitely putting it putting it on paper. Um, so, I don't know about you. Oh man, you, you you're right. You, you got to write it down, and you got to you know keep yourself accountable at the end of the day. And and I'm telling you, being in command, that there are not enough hours in the day to, to you know finish everything that you want to get uh, get taken care of. So don't beat yourself up too much because again, you know it's a tremendous responsibility being a commander. And as long as you're just chipping away, um, you know day by day, trying to get better, um, you know, and people outside of your organization, you know, they're going to see that. Um, so just make sure that you know you you're you're constantly, you know, just striving to get better. So, and then the the last thing I mean, and there's there's probably more things that that we've missed uh, that you can definitely hit on. Um, you know, obviously you want to have already hit on your training plan, but I think you know, and some people might laugh when I say this, but you definitely want to schedule an APFT. You want to really assess where your unit stands um, on their physical fitness and, and height and weight standards. So you definitely want to go ahead and schedule an APFT and then 
you, the commander, you're the first one up. You're the first one they see, um, you know, starting starting the events. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's basic leadership, lead from the front. So it, it, it's small, but soldiers seeing you up there, taking the APFT with them, struggling with them, it'll, it'll pay dividends in the long run. Can't agree more, Ian. Can't agree more. So, um, hey, I just want to say I appreciate everybody that has commented this week. There was a lot of great comments uh, from a lot of great officers uh, on this page. Um, so uh, please keep it up, guys. Uh, continue to post on the message board. Continue to post um, throughout our page. Um, Eric James, you're commenting right now on some, some topics that you would like to see. So, hey, man, I, I appreciate that. Um, Tim, you got any any closing remarks? No, man. Hey, good good topic, guys. You know, and this is one that uh, that, that has an open end to it. So, so again, you know, we, we're trying to continue to mold the future leaders of, of this great nation. And uh, you know, it's always a pleasure being on in. Yeah, man. Hey, I definitely appreciate you helping me out because uh, <laughs> you know uh, you are a wealth of knowledge. So again, hey, appreciate you coming on the show. Um, lastly, you know, you know, I'd like to leave y'all with some with some books. So one I'm currently reading right now is is a book called "It's Your Ship" um, by a I think it's a Commander Abstraff Ab- Abrash. I can't let, say let him Google it. Yeah, you, know. you can Google it. It's your ship. The, the, the author, <laughs> but I'm about halfway through that book right now, and it is it's outstanding. Basically, uh, it's it's a guy who comes in and. He takes command of the worst ship in the Navy back in the late 90s and literally turns it around and makes it the best ship in the entire United States uh, Naval Force. So great book. Highly recommend. Check it out. Again, thank you, everybody, uh, for your support, your comments. Keep it up. This has been Ian and Tim out.